It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison, and I am your host, Liv Harrison. Welcome to this exciting, new, amazing, phenomenal show that you just can't live without. You can find it on Veritas, which is a new Catholic network on 1350 AM. If you're in the Connecticut and Long Island area, they also have an app. But you can also find me on YouTube and on all streaming sites because this is 2021. So let's get started, shall we? Because I've got a great story for everybody. I know that we're just breaking in to this new show. What is it? Why is it? All those things. And we're going to find that out together. But I want you to think about this. I got started um, because I fell in love with New York City. Okay. I kind of told you a little bit about how I got started in radio in the last episode. If you haven't listened, go back and listen to the first episode. But I want to talk about my love with New York. You'll kind of see I've got some things on my desk as if you're watching, if you're if you're looking at me on YouTube. If you're not, I'm gonna describe it to you. I have a great snow globe on my desk, and it is New York City. I have got, I don't know how great this is, but I've got this little diffuser situation that's supposed to smell like New York City. What is that? Garbage? I don't know, but I bought it. It's there and I pretend that it means something. And I've got some coasters, okay, that have the lower part of Manhattan. So there you go. Those of you that can see, those of you that can hear, that is how I am like giving an homage to New York City. But why New York? Why? Well, I'll tell you why. When I was five years old, my parents took me on a trip from small town, Louisiana. I had to drive all the way to Dallas, to DFW. And we took Delta back in the day, which for a really long time, I got to be honest, until I was an adult, I thought Delta was the only airline that gave out like the little wings because we only flew Delta until one day like my kid got wings on United. And I was like, that's weird. (laughs) But I loved Delta. I would fly it from Dallas and we would take a DC 10. Okay. That shows how old I am. All right. DC 10s, I don't even think is a thing. So when we were going to New York city for the first time and I'm five, I mean, my parents have been, but my first time that I remember I was going to see Annie on Broadway. Everybody grew up with Annie. It's like this great musical about a little girl that's an orphan and she gets adopted by this really rich guy, Daddy Warbucks. It's kind of like the kid's version of Pretty Woman, to be really honest with you. It's like not the same. Okay. Not the same storyline at all, but it's kind of the same story. We're like this rags to riches situation. And every little girl wanted to be Annie because she got to sing and dance and she got a really cool dress and she had great hair. What more do you need as a woman? That's what they tell us. So I go and I see Annie and I become obsessed, obsessed. I get the red dress. I get a red curly wig. I get, oh my gosh, the locket. I had tights and the black shoes. Like you guys, I was Annie. I was absolutely Annie head to toe. So much so that I just want to add a little, little like extra to this, my first grade picture, I am wearing that Annie dress. (laughs) I was so, I was her. Okay. Also, I just want to tell you this in my small town, when I came back home in Natchitoches, Louisiana, look that up. If you caught it, that's a hard word. I told everyone that I was going to be an Annie two on Broadway. If you're sitting there thinking the Annie too, did that? No, it didn't come out. You know why? Because it doesn't exist. I made that up. Apparently I was a lying child. But let's go back to New York and my brand new outfit, right? And I am Annie. We are going to go home now. It's time to leave this magical city that I fell in love with, but I am decked out. My parents were so kind. I definitely was the kid that would wear like a dinosaur uniform, like, you know, or like costume or like if I, you know, like a cape, like I was the kid that dressed up all the time. They let me dress up onto the plane as Annie. I'm talking the full wig and all. Okay. So I get on this DC 10, which if you remember what a DC 10 is, that is a bus. Okay. It is ginormous. It's huge. I walk on the plane. I'm all decked out. And the stewardess is so kind. The flight attendant. She says to me, oh, are you Annie? And I was like, yes, (laughs) of course I am. 
obviously. And so she was like, oh, this is so exciting. So the flight attendant, the male flight attendant gets on the PA system, which I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a different word for that, but like the, like the, whatever on the, the little thing that they talk through the microphone on the, on the plane. And he gets on and he says, ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to have Annie all the way from Broadway flying from New York city to Dallas, Texas. Okay. Now this next part is really true. I literally got on top of the chair. Okay. In the middle section of the DC 10. And I stood up and I waved to my public. I did. I'm not even, I like the little halfway, like the Miss America half wave. Like I literally stood up there with the big wig, the red dress. And I waved and I was like, hello, plane. You're welcome. You know, just loved it. Loved it. And then I went home and I lied to everyone and said that I was going to be an Annie. So here's, what's really fascinating. There's a couple of words we can't say on the air or write because they will bleep them out. And you would think, Oh, Liv, you're talking about like bad words, like cuss words. That's true. Okay, that is true. We're not going to say those words because we're a family friendly show. (laughs) But no, that's not it. What I'm talking about is what happened to the world starting in March 2020. Um, We're not allowed to say how the world paused or shut down. Maybe you guys remember it. Like there were, you know, oh, I don't know the words I'm not allowed to say. I don't want to get canceled. But you remember what happened, right? And you remember like they put things in people's arms. This is like constantly like charades now. They put things in people's arms, you know, at the hospital to get them better and not get the thing that made everybody shut down the world. Those are the words I can't say. Here's what I want to tell you guys. I flew back home from New York City a few weeks ago. Okay. This is exciting. I had not been on an airplane like the rest of the world for like 18 months. Right. I mean, first of all, we were scared. And then second of all, we were bored. So we were like, everybody's flying now. Everyone is getting out of their houses. They're all moving about the country and all the things. So my little family decided to go on an epic road trip because we cannot do anything small. Everything has to be huge. So we're going on this huge, like 20, I don't know what it was. Math is hard. It was like 20 something days. Okay. Road trip. And I decided when we get to New York city, I'm going to stay longer because I'm that extra. And I did. Um, and I'm going to go back to New York and tell you a story about that in a little bit, but I want to tell you about this plane ride since I just told you all how I dressed up on planes when I was a child and it was everything. This is uh, something that just happened. I I am an adult. (laughs) I did not dress up. There were no wigs involved, although that's kind of a fun idea. (laughs) I might actually look into that, but I got on the plane to fly home back to Houston. I'm in Houston now. Got on a plane in Newark, was not a DC 10. (laughs) I really want to know what happened to those guys. And I flew home. Here's where it gets hilarious. Had not been on a plane, had not seen humans in a very long time. I had to wear something over my face. Are we allowed to say the word? Am I allowed to say the word mask? (gasps) I don't know, but I had to wear one. So bear with me if I get canceled to come back. (laughs) But I, I was, I had to wear a mask on my face and I'm the gal who loves to make friends on a flight. I'm that person. Literally, I have about 10 friends in my phone that I have made on previous flights. I'm not even kidding. And I thought, this isn't going to happen. My Annie days are over. I'm not going to be on the PA system ever again. I'm going to meet no one. I have a mask. This isn't happening. Well, here's what happened, everybody. Here's the deal. I get on the plane and I was sitting in the front row. I love the front row. I don't know why. I just, I, cause I get to watch everyone. It's like seeing the front pew of mass, you know, like you get to watch. That's probably not what we're supposed to do. We're actually, we're not, but I love being where I can see people sit in the front row. One F that's my seat all the time. I love the window. Now, you know, something creepy about me. Fantastic. So I'm sitting in one F sitting in the front row and I start talking to the person next to me through my mask. When I say this is a long talk, because when you're sitting in the front row, they seat you first. So to fill up that plane takes a long time. I did not stop talking to this human being the entire time. (laughs) When we start pulling back from the gate, 
Um, I might have partaken in an adult beverage, which is fine. Okay. I'm over 21. Obviously those of you that can see the YouTube, you're shocked, but I am. Um, but here's the deal. I didn't stop talking. The lovely flight attendants start going over the announcements, which I, I get a little arrogant. I'm kind of like, we know we have a flotation device. Like we know don't stay. I don't know. Like whatever, like put on the mask. Like we get it. I'm so rude. I'm like, so inside the worst. This poor woman's trying to do her job. She's probably thrilled that she has people to talk to. I do not stop talking to the person next to me. Don't stop at all. She literally says on the PA system, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you are speaking, I'm going to kindly ask that you refrain from talking while I go over the announcements. Thank you. <laughs> like it started out really nice. And then she got a little saucy. Okay. I'm just saying. So she might've said that more than once while she was doing the announcements, but I would also like to say the longest announcements ever. I was like, lady, we got it. You haven't talked to anyone in months, but for the love of everything, we can read a card. But she just kept talking because she had a PA mic thing. Well, I got to find out what the heck that is. Anyway, I'm, I am just, I don't stop. Finally, she says it again and she gets really, it was like, I might've had PTSD to third grade. She goes, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. I got it. <clears throat> I'm gonna. I can do this. All right, here we go. Channeling my inner flight attendant. <clears throat> I'm serious. If you continue to talk, I will have to start the announcements over. And then I was like, and I'm not kidding. I thought, oh my gosh, she might be talking about me. <laughs> Never occurred to me. I just kept talking on the plane and partaking in my adult beverage. It never occurred to me the woman was talking about me. Great. So now I think she hates me. I asked for another drink and I'm thinking she's going to spit in it, <laughs> which here's a little, I want to let everybody know who hasn't flown yet. They can't well on United. They can't open up the drinks yet. So you have to open it yourself. So unless this woman licked my ice, I should be safe. But I had to like, I had to like watch Tom Cruise and watch the movie cocktail and learn how to make my own drink. It's like, now it's like the melting pot in the air. You know what I mean? Like you have to do your own things or one of those Korean barbecue things where you have to cook your own food. Now I have to make my own drinks, but whatever. I'm not going to complain. It's kind of fun to get little tiny bottles of, again, adult things. See, it's family friendly. Nobody knows what that means unless you're over 21. But anyway, she was talking about me and I'm totally freaked out. I'm like, oh my gosh, this woman is going to lick the inside of my cup. <laughs> I'm going to not make it off this plane. <clears throat> well, she came over with some snack boxes because when you sit in the first row, you get a snack box. I don't even know what's in it because I decided not to get one. I was trying to act like, oh no, I don't eat. I'm a lady. So dumb. Anyway, I am pro eating by the way, everybody. But I was trying to, I don't know, kind of keep it together. So she comes over with the snack boxes and I said to her, I'm so sorry. Was I the one that you were referring to on the PA system multiple times as you were trying to tell us about our flotation devices that we're sitting on? And she looked at me and she goes, yes. <laughs> and then she said, how long have you two known each other? <laughs> and if you've been paying attention, we don't. This poor human being, which I want everyone to now light a candle and say a prayer, did not know me. And I did not stop talking the entire flight. Of course, we are now friends on Instagram because that's how it works. So I would like to say a shout out to the best flight attendant in the world from Jersey. Hi, Didi. And to Andy, my flight partner who got me back into the world and let me talk and live out my dreams as Annie. So I want to leave you guys until, uh, you know, while you just kind of sit on that and think about it with this incredible new venture that we're going into this theme song that you might've heard a couple of times. I was in New York, like I said, but I was with my cousin, Barbara Anselmi and her bestie, Mamie Paris. You might know their names. Barbara's a huge Broadway composer. Her show, it should have been you was fantastic on Broadway. I got to go to opening night. 
Mamie Paris is a big time Broadway star, shut down Cats, shut down School of Rock as the lead. They perform my my theme song. Barbara wrote it, Mamie sings it, and I have a clip of them doing it live while I was up north in Massachusetts with them after my tromping around in New York. So check this out. This is the theme to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. Wait, okay. Okay, how ridiculously catchy is that? (laughs) I might sing it all the time. You guys, that's my cousin Barbara and her bestie Mamie. And here's the thing. When I go to New York, I pretend I'm Carrie Bradshaw. I do. Or I pretend I'm Julia Roberts, but we have a different profession. Um, I I don't do what Julia Roberts did in Pretty Woman. And that was in LA. So see so many differences between those two stories. But yeah, I act like, I am seriously Mary Tyler Moore in that city and I go around doing all the things and they are all so kind to me, especially Barbara and Mamie. They take me around and they just kind of fill me up with these New York dreams. And we get to go to this incredible place in Massachusetts called Canyon Ranch. It's a hotel. It's a wellness resort. I want to say hi to Sam Talora. She's the program director and they have something called Broadway in the Berkshires. Okay. So this is the Berkshires of Massachusetts which apparently is where all the fancy people go for the mountains. You either go to the Hamptons, which I've heard of, or you go to the Berkshires, which I hadn't heard of. But I get to go for free (laughs) and they perform. And we had such a blast, such a lovely time. I love Canyon Ranch. I hope to speak there one day. And if you need a place to go and chill and refind your center, this is the place. Now, if you need to be following some incredible Broadway stars, That needs to be Barbara and that needs to be Mamie. Here's why they're so generous. They've known me forever. Barbara, really my whole life because we're related. Mamie for years, years and years. And the second I asked them if they would do this, if they would put together a theme song, they both automatically said yes. I also want to say this. I'm excited about this show. I'm so pumped, but I gotta be honest. I have my own theme song now, y'all. Like I'm pretty much done. Like, I have peaked. I was on a plane with a wig. I just got yelled at by a stewardess. And I have my own theme song. So all that to say is don't go anywhere because I'm going to be back with an incredible guest and you're going to want to tune in. Who is it? You're just going to have to come back and find out. You're listening to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. Welcome back to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. Again, I am your host, Liv Harrison. <laughs> if you are watching me on YouTube, hello. You might notice I have some headphones on. We'll get to that in a second. If you're not watching, I've got headphones on. <laughs> you're listening on the Veritas app, or you're listening at 1350 AM, which is also Veritas, or you're listening on all of the things you can listen on because of Fireside. So thank you, Fireside. But I want to say, um, I'm excited about this next guest. This is my first digital guest. Whether this airs first, second, third, 58th, I don't care because here's the thing. It's the first to me, okay? And this woman has been instrumental. Doesn't that sound so mature? She has been instrumental in my growth as a professional. But here's what's great. We're not gonna talk about that today. (laughs) We're going to talk about the things that we don't normally get to talk about. If you want to know all the incredible things that this woman does, like about her eight kids, or maybe her amazing book, The Possibility Mom, or maybe her amazing conference, The Possibility Mom Conference, 
or maybe her work with the woman's school or, you know, whatever, you know, you go online and find her. Her name is Lisa Canning. She is extraordinary. She has saved my life. (laughs) That might sound a little strong, but it's also not that wrong. I really want everyone, I'm going to pretend you're here in an audience, to cheer and welcome for Lisa Canning out of Florida. Lisa, hello. (laughs) I'm so happy to be here. What a warm welcome. Thank you for that. I hope all that was true. (laughs) I'll take it, even if it's not, because it sounds really, really positive. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, I have now known you for about, maybe we're coming up on a year, maybe. Actually, I think that's true, because I actually found out about you from a mutual friend, Jennifer Fulweiler. You might remember her. Uh, you've you've met her a few times. In fact, you just saw her not that long ago. <laughs> Jen's doing stand-up comedy and you went and saved her. That's a funny story. In fact, I'd love... <laughs> Listen, Lisa, this is a late night show. Okay, this is not your typical show. I don't want to know what you read in the catechism. I know you have one, but I want to hear the good stuff and let's get right to it. You saw our friend Jennifer Fulweiler on her tour and I'll set it up for you. Okay. I'll do the heavy lifting. So you just come in with the punchline. <laughs> You're ready, Lisa. You're ready. Okay. This was on the internet. So that means it's fair game, right? Like that means it's already, yeah, it's already public. All right, everybody. Here's the deal. Jen, if you're not following Jen, you should not that you need me to tell you my, my four followers to go follow Jen. Um, I'm just kidding. I love all of you. But Jen is now a stand-up comedian. I, I actually talked about her in my very first episode. I tell the story how I got started, and she's actually the entire way I have a career. So Jen is now doing stand-up comedy. We've actually done comedy together before. She's doing a lot better at it than I am. <laughs> she's continued. She's continued. And she's on tour again, okay? The great pause happened. That's how I, that's how I describe it, Lisa. I don't say the words. And she has this whole bit about team check bag, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that, where she gets on an airplane and she checks her luggage and she has this big thing going online. If you're not there, go. She puts polls. I don't know. She insists on checking bags. Now her bag got lost and she had to go on stage. This is where Lisa Canning comes in, everybody. And this is where I want you to fill her DMs telling her how she is the best friend ever. Because Lisa, when she didn't get her bag, that meant she was missing some essential things. What were some things you brought to her at this show, Lisa? Share with the public. You know, the things that friends bring, you know, some hair ties, some makeup for the stage, maybe a t-shirt and then some underwear. (laughs) And I gotta tell you, so we, she, she texted me. We had been trying to figure out, can we get together like outside the show, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I drove about three hours to go see her. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. she texted me. She was like, listen, we're going to like, I, we're for sure going to have a hug, you know, at the very least we're going to work this out, but I have a huge favor. <laughs> Can you please pick up a pack of underwear? You know, like, Can you please go to like Walmart or Target somewhere like easy and get a pack of underwear, like the inexpensive kind. Okay. So I was like, of course I'm going to help you out. But in my head, I was like, you're not getting a pack of underwear like you are a I can't remember exactly how old she is but like I was like little girls get packs of underwear like I'm gonna buy you really nice underwear you know what I mean now no offense to anyone who buys the five pack of whatever brand we all have them we all have them for those days I'm sure (laughs) yes but no (laughs) no I am such a big believer in investing in the nicest underwear one can buy. Okay. So then the funny story is, is that I love it. Way to, so I live in a very small town that I actually tried to shop locally for underwear for her. Like a boutique, like a lingerie store. I need to know what you were doing. I need to know that you walked into stores in Ave Maria. I want I want people to know where you are. You're in Ave Maria, Southern Florida, which yes, everybody, that is the Ave Maria with the university, which is a very conservative Catholic university. I'm guessing they don't have a student lingerie store. I'm just putting that out there. So Lisa, where was it that you decided to go? 
buy underwear anywhere in Ave Maria. Like I went to every store. I went to, we have like two, well, we have one woman's boutique. I didn't go to the other one. I probably could have maybe at the other one. I don't know. Um, I went to the grocery store. I went to the campus bookstore. Cause I was like. The campus bookstore. You know what I mean? <laughs> There, they sell socks at the campus bookstore. So I was like, maybe there's like emergency underwear. Anyway, so <laughs> wait a second. What's the mascot? I got to know what is the Ave Maria mascot that if they did oh. sell Ave Maria, which not Ave Maria is taking notes because we all know that they're listening or and or watching and they're like <laughs> campus underwear. That's something we no, no Catholic school is going to do that. But go ahead. What is the mascot? <laughs> do you know? I don't know that. Okay, it's the we'll find out. I don't know. Actually, I should know this. I'm a very All right. Proud. So there's no underwear at the campus bookstore to no, all the no students underwear. that are listening. I was going to go to the gas station, but I was like, oh, no. You know what I mean? I was like, no, 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 no. So I, I, I was like, we're going to stop. We're going to stop and we're going to find nice ladies underwear. We're just going to find it. That's great. But then the funny thing is, is that, it, like I said, three hours, there was a huge thunderstorm about an hour or so in. And I, I remember, you know, sometimes you just, you're driving like white knuckled, like, oh my gosh. And, you know, there was a good period where I was like, oh, should we pull over? Like maybe like- That's scary. Like, yeah, it was For Jen Fullweiler to have underwear, everybody. Like Lisa, Can you want Lisa Canning in a foxhole with you. That's what I want everybody to take away from this yeah. moment. If you're going through the apocalypse, you call Lisa Canning. I will get you nice underwear, like not five-pack economy underwear. I will get you the nicest underwear that money can buy. So I can't. This is I great. I shared this because of time. So the comedy show started at like, I don't know, 7, 7.30 or something like that. And we left with enough time. But because of the rain and because of my knuckle driving for a period, obviously wanting to be safe, I was like, okay, I got to like, we got to make up some time here. So it worked out. We found a target right off the highway. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, convenient. We are in and we are out. <laughs> Turns out it's actually like, I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but it takes a lot. It's, it's a lot of time. Like when you want to get the nicer underwear <laughs> at Target, like, at Target, they're in like little folded areas. I, the, all the size that I thought she was, was like basically sold out, you know? And I was, I don't know. I mean, this is going deep live, but like, you, know, you don't want to get like, I wanted to just get the most normal, beautiful underwear I could get. I don't want to get anything like frilly or like, I don't know. She you already know has I mean? six kids, Lisa. She's not looking to have more. She's already, she already has six. I mean, we're pro-life, you know? I mean, everybody. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, well, I have to get kind of like, I want to get normal, pretty underwear. They didn't have that much normal, pretty underwear. Like yeah, a it's lot Target, of things, Lisa. <laughs> lately, I don't know what, what I'm, but it's just the truth. I couldn't find it. Probably sold out. I don't know. And then we oh were in gosh. such a time rush that there was this sweet mom. And I could kind of tell she was like, maybe on like a break, like, you know, meaning like she was taking a break from like her children or what have you. I'm totally. <laughs> this, was this was her moment out. <laughs> this was her moment out. And I was kind of like, she was right in front of the area that I needed to be. And she was taking a lot of time also because it was hard to find the exact size. And, and I just was like, oh my gosh, I kept looking at my phone. I was like, we got to go. I got to be at Did you show. knock her down? <laughs> did you, did you sweep the leg? <laughs> I need to know how karate kid we got in this situation. Like That's a new skill that I do not <laughs> currently have, but thankfully she found what she needed oh, to go and find what I needed. And then that is the story of how Walker <laughs> got clean, beautiful, <laughs> non-economy pack underwear. From Target. From Target. And I bet Jen was very appreciative. She doesn't <laughs> even know. And you guys heard it here on It's Not That Late. The backstory to Jen Fulweiler's Comedy tour underwear. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> Is this how I get canceled? I just want to know. Oh, um, my God. <laughs> but let's, Lisa, listen. Here's the thing. You, my friend, are not new to television. You are not new to radio. You're not new to being in the limelight. I want people to know, because a lot of the people that are listening are probably Catholic. You know, that's probably where they found me. That's probably where they found you. And hey, hi, how you doing? But for all the ones that are not, okay, which I'm so excited you're here. You're, I want you. I want you here. Why don't you give us a little background about your non-Catholic start in this whole entertainment place? Sure. Because I've made up a whole thing in my head and I tell people, 
I'd like to hear the true story. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Okay, well, I, I'll, I'll start with the very beginning. I went to a performing arts high school where I was a visual art major. And so the drama kids, the dancers, they were always the ones on stage. I was the one like making the sets or, you know, drawing in my notebook. But I also had a um, interest and aptitude in um, leadership and public speaking. So I was the student council president. I was often speaking in front of the student body or in front of parents. And one of the moms came up to me and was like, Lisa, like, you know, this was like grade 12, uh, you know, my senior year of high school. She was like, you have got to be on TV. Like, <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that where like was you this my where was this mom for me my whole <laughs> life? Like where was that's fine, Lisa. I'm happy for you. Okay, so she <laughs> I didn't so, expect to get jealous so quickly into this story. Please. It's oh my goodness. I'm teasing you. I'm teasing. So she tells you you need to be on TV. She and I was like, oh, well, Mrs. DeCastro, like, I don't even know what that means. At the time, so we're talking like I graduated high school 2000 and um Oh my word, 2003. And this is um, Canada? In Canada. Canada. Mm -hmm. so I had, there wasn't this sort of personality, like the Instagram becoming a social media influencer of any kind just simply didn't exist. If you were on TV, you were an actor or you were like a news agent, or maybe you were um, a spokesperson for a brand. So in my head, I was like, this doesn't really compute, but thank you so much. And she kind of insisted and she really, you know, throughout that whole year that I was student council president, she really encouraged me. And finally, towards graduation, she introduced me to a um, production company that was looking for new talent for an HGTV Canada show. And they particularly wanted somebody who had never done interior design, someone who was very, very green to design an entire home, including the kitchen for $30,000. It was just sort of this very, let's trial by fire entertainment. Um, That's insane. You're 18 years old and they were like, that seems like a really good bet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so That's incredible. it was, it was like just this interesting, you know, experiment. I did a couple things with them and then uh, that turned into a television show called Marriage Under Construction. And that is how I launched my HGTV career. And that was at the end of my college experience. So I did a couple little TV things throughout college, but then at the end of college, they were like, uh, we want you as a regular host for this show. And now what was so funny was I thought this was going to be my summer job. <laughs> like I remember after college, I was just like, I studied fashion communications. I thought I was going to work in journalism or do something in fashion. And I thought that I would just sort of do TV for a very quick stint and then get back to my actual, you know, career pursuits. Um, well, little did I know that there were very, you know, God had very different plans for me and a whole bunch of people called. So the show aired, it, aired, it ended up airing in, I think it aired in like 56 countries, something like that. Are you serious? And, uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. A bunch of people called when the season, as the season went on and as the season wrapped, asking me to come and design their homes. And I had no idea, Liv, what I was doing. <laughs> I had zero idea, to be very frank, how to design homes. I had zero idea what it looked like to run an interior design business, but. And that's not what you got your degree in. You didn't get, no, you're not no. an interior designer degree person. No, no. That's not a word. Okay. <laughs> you're close. I'm sure someone has a word like that, but um, yeah, my degree. You're just it. talented inside. So wait, here's what I've heard. You got discovered and you're talented and beautiful. Yeah. Go ahead, Lisa. I want to keep hearing about your amazing story. Oh my gosh, Liv Harrison. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you're amazing. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of yours too. <laughs> so then that's what started my interior design career. And wow. then I worked in front of the camera a little bit and behind the camera. It was actually my behind the camera career that was very interesting and very fulfilling. Um, uh, it just took me, my behind the camera experience is what took me on a lot of adventures. And so I worked as a, the role is called production designer. Um, I worked for several seasons with the Property Brothers. I ended up helping to produce um, and art direct their book, Dream Home. I, I traveled across the United States and Canada designing for families for HGTV shows. It was a really, really interesting experience, both getting to know um, the interior design world, but also the production design for television world. I loved, loved, loved production design for TV. Good, because I might know someone who needs some production design 
for their YouTube channel. I don't know. I'll, I'll connect you guys. <laughs> Did everybody see that? And that's watching and everybody listening, who's <laughs> listening. That would be me asking Lisa Canning <clears throat> shamelessly. Lisa, here's what I also want to know. When though in your life, did you make a pivot, right? Mm -hmm. Like this show, I'm really trying to encourage people to be extraordinary. That's a big thing with me. Okay. Be extraordinary. I'm giving you permission to be extraordinary. Give yourself permission to be extraordinary. When did you give yourself permission to be extraordinary by leaving that TV career? Yeah. You know, I was, I had, I like to describe it. I describe it in my book, The Possibility Mom. Like I had two feet very firmly planted in two very different worlds. I had one foot very firmly planted in the world of interior design, lifestyle TV, um, being a, a working entrepreneurial mom. And I had lots of colleagues who would you know, leave their kids um, in daycare. They would travel. They would, you know, just were very, very busy in their careers, easily working, you know, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 plus weeks. And that was just sort of normal. Like I kind of observed that they would take on these large projects, sometimes in other cities. And it was just sort of normal that they would sometimes leave their family and what have you. And so I had one foot very firmly planted. I mean, I was told fairly blatantly, you know, to be very careful about how many children I had because how that would impact my TV career. So there, so I had one foot very firmly planted in that world. But then I had my other foot very firmly planted in um, a world of stay-at-home motherhood, a world of homeschooling moms. Uh, I was always very Catholic uh, throughout my adulthood, um, but, uh, but definitely had lots of questions about how to do this whole mom of many thing. And so I always felt like I kind of didn't belong in either camp, you know, like I didn't really desire to spend that much time away from my kids, but I kind of felt like this is just what you did. And then I didn't always feel like my desire to work was sort of met with the same enthusiasm with some of my moms in that camp. They just simply couldn't relate or they weren't interested or, or what have you. And so I always felt like I didn't totally belong in either camp. And everything came to a crushing implosion one day when I was sitting in my minivan. I had just given birth to my daughter, Rose, and literally seven days out of hospital, I still had the epidural Band-Aid in my back. I don't think I had even cut off the hospital you know, bracelet on my, on my wrist. I had put such enormous pressure on myself to just show everyone that you could do it all, that you could have it all, that you could be this career woman with a bunch of kids in tow. I was trying to prove to all of my you know, working interior design career friends that family life could look awesome, easy, beautiful. I was trying to prove to all of my stay-at-home homeschooling mom friends that, you know, a career could be so edifying and so life-giving. And uh, what happens when we try to prove things to other people? It goes really well. (laughs) (laughs) Slam dunk. Oh, is that not, that was not the setup? You know, I, I, sarcasm, Lisa. (laughs) No, was completely exhausted. It's awful. What, yeah. um, it was just awful. And everything yeah. came to an implosion that day in my minivan. And I just remember sitting there, you know, with this infant baby with, with like bags under my eyes, feeling so exhausted, literally screaming to God, there has got to be another way. I know you didn't call me to be this miserable, but there has got to be a way that I can pursue my dreams because you wouldn't have given them to me if you know, I wasn't supposed to use them in some way, but there's also got to be a way that it's not at the expense of my health, my relationship with my spouse, my relationship with my small kids. And so what I did from that point on, I affectionately call it my minivan meltdown in my book, The Possibility <laughs> I like from that. From that minivan meltdown time onward, I basically just like grabbed hold of anything I could in terms of productivity, personal development. I started to set boundaries in my schedule. I started to change the way I did my interior design um, business to more consultation only so that I could control the calendar. I could control how much time I was away from my children. And what was so interesting was that people started to notice people started to like my, my colleagues, the ones that I kind of 
you know, in the past was sort of envious of, of the, of the apparent quote unquote freedom that I saw that they sort of appeared to have, they would kind of like pull me aside in hushed corners of conferences and hotel lobbies and fancy restaurants, you know, in downtown Toronto. And they would, they would be like, I am miserable. And it really seems like you're not miserable anymore. And wow. I kind of just started wow. to, you know, with different colleagues and I would also get it from my clients. So I would do these two hour interior design consultations where I would come in rather than me implement the project for you. I would simply give you a plan. I would be like, here's who you're going to call for the kitchen. Here's where you're going to get the tile. You're going to get this exact SKU number, you know, and on so on and so forth. And it would be so interesting because it would happen almost every time, you know, I'd be talking to a mom. She was often, you know, a, a busy corporate kind of mom. She may have had one or two kids. And inevitably at some point in the interior design consult, she would, I could, I could see it. There would always be like a look. Wait, wait, you know what? You know what? I want to hear, I want you to pause for two seconds because I need to take a break. I want people to want to come back to hear about this look and what you said and how this changed. Because we're going to, we're going to finish this story and then you and I are going to play a game. So you're going to want to come back and listen. What is it? that Lisa found extraordinary when she left TV. Come back, you're listening to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. Welcome back to It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. I'm your host, Liv Harrison, and we are talking to the talented and amazing, extraordinary, gorgeous mother of eight, the possibility mom herself, Lisa Canning. Now, I had to sadly stop Lisa, or not, not you know what, not sadly, excitingly stop Lisa <laughs> in the middle of her story. If you are watching me on YouTube, hello, welcome back. If you're listening on Veritas, um, I want to say thank you for listening, whether you're on the app or if you're listening to the radio and if you're listening on a podcast, hello, welcome. We have tried to do all the things. So let's get back to this story, Lisa. They don't want to hear me talk. They want to hear your amazing story. You're telling me about how you gave yourself permission to be extraordinary by leaving your really cool, famous, amazing. I pretend you're in a jet. You're basically Paris Hilton to me. Um, HGTV, <laughs> interior design production TV job, right? Career. And you started working with people one-on-one, -on -one, I think is where you were at. You were doing some consulting. You, you had some children. You, you pick it up. I feel like I'm failing. It's your story. <laughs> you know, these moms in interior design consults, they would inevitably stop and look at me and say, can we just talk about how you do it? And I would always be a bit confused, but well, what do you mean? And they would just ask again and again, I don't understand. I feel overwhelmed with my schedule, with my one to two kids. You have many children, <laughs> but you're, you seem peaceful, happy, and you're able to juggle many things. What is your secret? And so as I started to get this question asked so many times, I realized, okay, there's something here what can I do to help people? And that was really where the possibility mom was born, how to be a great mom and pursue your dreams at the same time. So I wrote the book and then I sort of very organically and gradually uh, phased out interior design and started uh, speaking, coaching and working with women. Uh, I primarily work with women in personal develop and development and business development. And I use tools that the woman's school um, offers to do some of that in a group coaching context. And then the many years that I have been pursuing building wealth via a more traditional business, interior design, and then more recent years building an online business, I've been teaching uh, the women I work with, how to build wealth for their families without guilt. I think for me, that's the biggest thing. How can we do whatever it is that we're called to do, whether it is the dream that you have in your heart with your family, a dream to build wealth? How do we do that without guilt? Because we are all I love that. And I love that. I think there are many things that can hold us back from being extraordinary. And one of the biggest things is what's happening between our ears and the lies, truthfully, that we tell ourselves around why we cannot do something. So that's really the Possibility Mom platform is really all about pursuing, well, what is possible rather than asking the questions of, oh my gosh, like, I shouldn't be doing this. Like, this should be enough. 
Um, you know, I feel so guilty. Rather than having all those swim in our heads, why don't we just simply ask the question, well, how could I do this? What could it look like? Because there truly is a path for all of us to discover our extraordinary selves and it's all going to look different for everyone. So basically you're still an interior designer, but now you do an interior of a woman. Do you like that? You can maybe make something out of that, Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) They're an honest truth. You know, I used to. No, you do. It's and I have to say, I'm a product. I, you've been my business coach in the past and hoping that we work together in the future. And I'm a product. So you guys, if you don't like my work, you can blame Lisa Canning. So <laughs> that's what I got from that. You can write me the letters. <laughs> that's right. You, you fill up her comment section. Okay. It's Lisa's fault. I do want to say, I love that you said the things about truth and lying and the lies that we say to ourselves. And on that note, Lisa, because this is a late night show, you might have watched Carson, Leno, you know, uh, Fallon, there's so many, there's not a lot of uh, female ones. Okay. And so we're going to try to change that narrative. They play a lot of games, right? They play a lot of games and, and I wanted to play a game with you. You're my first zoom guest. Again, I don't know when this is airing because guys, Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just the eye candy of the show. (laughs) That's sarcasm for everyone looking at me at YouTube. For those of you listening, I'm telling it to you. Okay. Yeah. It's sarcasm anyway, but Lisa, there's a game called two truths and a lie. You brought up lying. So I think this makes sense. Okay. I'm going to explain it to everybody what two truths and a lie are. Um, a lie is something that is not truthful. (laughs) And truth is something that is truthful. Okay. Everybody got it? No. Okay. So here's the thing. Lisa's going to say three statements. Two of them are going to be true. They're going to be facts. And one is going to not be true. It's going to be a lie. Here's what I want everyone to know. I have no idea, nor does Lisa, because I can tell by her face because I know her. So those of you watching, you, you too can play along at home. She has no idea what she's going to say. I, I gave her some props. She, um, she's from Canada. I find Toronto and Canada fascinating. I've never been to Toronto. She, she could totally lie to me about that. Um, and Florida, I do know Florida, but I only know Disney and alligators. That's about it. So she, or she doesn't have to do it from that, but she's going to give us two truths and a lie. And then I have to decide what is the lie, right? Is that the game? I decide what is the lie. Lisa Canning, lie to me, friend, or, or be factual. We're ready. It's all you. All right. Three, three statements. Three statements. Number one. Number one. I see an alligator in front of my house every day. Oh. Statement number two. I never thought I would have such a large family. And statement number three. I am pregnant with baby number nine. Oh. These are so good. And I just got goosebumps. Okay, wait, I'm going to review. Number one, (laughs) look at your face. Number one, you see an alligator in front of your house every day. You live in South Florida. I think everyone gets a pet alligator when they move there. So that could be true. (laughs) Like in Texas, I live in Texas. Everyone has a horse. That's not true. But people think that. Okay, number two, you didn't know you would have so many children. You have eight. I do know that. And statement number three, you're pregnant with baby number nine. Oh, you are so evil because you know what I want to say is the lie. <laughs> Look at you shimmying. You Y'all what better listen. Y'all need to be watching this on YouTube. Turn off your radios. Go watch because she's shimmying in the camera. That's a shimmy. And she's wearing sparkles. Oh, my God. I want the number nine to be true. You know, I do. You know, I do. Oh, Lisa Canning, you're. So wrong for this. Okay. The lie is the lie is the alligator. You do not see an alligator every single day. I want you to have more kids. Tell me the truth. Oh my gosh. Don't lie to me, Lisa Canning. You're on care. I'm sure there's a priest watching somewhere. <laughs> They're listening somewhere. Go ahead. Tell us. Are correct. <gasps> Are you pregnant with number nine? I'm going to cry. You guys, this is it. It's not that late with Liv Harrison exclusive. You guys thought this was just a late night show. Now the non-Catholics are like, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) This is 
Oh, friend, congratulations. All right, everybody erase everything you were writing in your DM to her. Okay, we're going to write new things. No one complained about my talent or my gift skills or my business skills. Stop making it about me, everybody. <laughs> erase the comments. Y'all better flood Lisa Canning's everything. Congratulations. Oh, Lisa. I don't even know what to say. Although I am a fun person to tell this kind of news to because I get so excited. You know, to be very frank with you, I had no idea. I literally had no idea what I was going to say. I was like, what is true about Canada? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything. (laughs) I'll get pregnant. Hold on. Just so I can make this a great segment. (laughs) Thanks, Lisa. Thank you for taking one for the team. It's all about the show, everybody. It's all about the show. It's all about the career. That's what we got from Lisa Canning. Whatever it takes. <laughs> told our kids. So it is, it is brand new news. I think I'm about maybe seven weeks, eight weeks pregnant. Mm. Like, um, yeah, we ha- I haven't even told at time of recording. I have not told my mother. So I'm really hoping that we won't this- let her know. She won't be watching this show. <laughs> my mother better be watching. Sorry, mom. If you're finding out this way before <laughs> turn off her radio oh lisa congratulations and thank you for being so amazing and sharing that on the air when this broadcast listen it won't be nine months everybody so she's pregnant so lisa cannon congrats this has been so fantastic as my first Zoom. My dear friend, Lisa Canning, follow her on all the things, the possibility mom. Give her congratulations. You better be watching and listening and tuning in and following It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. You've been a fantastic audience. And don't forget, give yourself permission to be extraordinary. Till next time. Bye, everybody. Good night. Good night.